As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Welcome to Android Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting typically out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario campus, buried deep in the necropolis that is the University Center, where the undead roam, the ghouls and the ghosts, and the wandering spirits of students wondering what they've done with their lives and how they've wasted their time creeping amongst the hallways. They're not there at the moment. They've been exercised or at least temporarily banished by the forces that be. And I'm not sure if they're coming back anytime soon. I've been paying attention to the requirements the University of Guelph is pushing for fall semester. I have a feeling plenty of students are going to be, you know, maybe hitting pause with regard to uh, starting university right this second. Android's Dungeon is a show about games, music, movies, whatever happened to us as we walked in the studio. We're not in the studio. We're not in the UC. I don't even know if I'm allowed in the United, United <laughs> the uh, University Center. Uh, I am not quite solo this time. I am joined by the lovely Kayla. How are you, Kayla? Hi, Jack. I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, too. Thank you for asking. Uh, Joel Bryant, regular co-host, is not available today. He's too busy going to Cambridge to do God knows what. Not totally sure. Uh, maybe robbing a bank, knocking over a liquor store sticking up a gas station uh something along pardon me why are they all crimes why can't he be doing something good maybe he's going to a soup kitchen he could be going to a soup kitchen he could be reading little women to orphans at the hospital hmm. um i just don't feel like that's in character so i'm gonna i'm gonna hit a big x the doubt on that behavior but you know to each their own i could be wrong uh, like I said, Android's Dungeon, a show about games, music, movies, whatever happened to us. Uh, you can check us out online, 80 Radio CFRU, via Twitter, droiddungeonradio at gmail.com. Check us out Instagram. I believe it's just, if you search, it's Android's Dungeon. You should pull us up. And uh, on all your favorite podcasting websites. And of course, via CFRU.ca, or if you tune in Thursdays at 1 o'clock, as you're doing at this moment to 93.3 FM. Kayla, what have you been playing recently? Well, Jack, the only thing that we've been allowed to play lately is PAX Premier. So before you get going with this, we talked about this a little bit on the show last week with regard to um, how I've been playing it a fair bit with you, two players. Uh, so let's get your perspective on this game. Why don't you set it up for us a little bit? Describe the game in your words. So this game is about uh, taking control of Afghanistan. There are kind of like three uh, factions vying for control. The British, uh, the Afghan, and the Russian. Um, and the what you kind of do is you build a tableau in front of you. You buy cards, you use those cards to make actions, to add armies to the board, to uh, make political moves. 
Uh, it's a really good game. Our copy has this beautiful uh, cloth map, which really makes a big difference. It's really lovely. And yeah, you want to be the dominating force. You want to be aligned with the dominating force. Um, and you also want to, if you are aligned with them, you want to have the most alignment with them. I'm not really sure what the term is. But most favor. The most favor. So if British are dominating, you want to be aligned with the British. You also want to be having the most favor comparatively to your, uh, your opponent. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in, in a nutshell, you've described the game. It, it's a, it's an interesting take that kind of stems from the, um, the mind of Phil Eklund mixed with the mind of, um, Cole Worley or Verley. And, uh, you you have this mixture of extremely cynical outlook of politics and history in which you have a bunch of actors who you have you basically have two um operating levels of actors you have world powers and you have local powers and the local powers are they're no match for the world powers but they can manipulate them and try to go with the flow and get them to accomplish similar goals and if these paths happen to work correctly, good for you. If they don't, you've got to figure out a way to make them work for you. And if this means temporarily putting aside your overall aims to not drown or get killed immediately, you got to go ahead and do that. But uh, you end up in this situation that the game is like, Caleb, you're describing that there are three operational powers. You have the, the British Empire, the Russian Empire, and you have the Afghanis who are just trying to, you know, keep their their country uh operating without being just consumed by either party but you aren't any of these people ostensibly you may be playing an afghani warlord in this tomorrow in this time uh but you're just trying to sift through the turmoil and look out for number one like there's there's <laughs> nothing in this game that's saying like oh <laughs> look make sure you're feeding orphans or taking care of <laughs> like people who are in trouble it's like no you're just trying to make sure that you have you're the one in power and that's where the cynicism comes from. But gameplay-wise, the the story sets up this great little this scenario for you to kind of play in the sandbox of sorts. And, and sandbox might be the wrong word, but uh, what do you think of the gameplay, Kayla? Because I, I don't think you have to jump too hard into the the mechanics themselves, because we've talked about it a few times on the show before. Sure. But uh, what what do you think about the actual gameplay? Um, I think the game is really good. Right? Uh, uh... I I find often that I'm really tight on money. That's my only concern is that I'm always like kind of struggling for money. Um, but I think the game is really good. Um, in our most recent game, Jack won the first dominance check, which is kind of heartbreaking. I feel like there's like a lot of times where I don't truly know the full game because I kind of like got blindsided by that. Not that like I'm sure that I knew. Um, you you knew what was going on. I think you just because the thing is when we were playing. Not to interrupt you too badly here, but the way we were playing that game was that this was it was going to go one way or another. So you yeah. could have just as 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 blah just as easily knocked me out in the first uh, dominance check too. Yeah. Also true. Um, but yeah, I think that game is really good. I think it's it actually works surprisingly well at two players. We recently played it with three as well, and um, that was really good. But I think it actually works pretty well um, at two players. Two is interesting because 
it, it turns into a harder zero sum game than at higher player counts because at three or four or God forbid five, you end up in these positions where it's very unlikely that everyone is going to be supporting the same faction. If they do, mm-hmm. it's it. There's a reason for it, and then that means there's certain things that are going to be showing up, like the the Patriots are going to be essential, and things that can get you gifts, and therefore things that get you money are going to be critical. Yeah. Um, at, at two players, kind of like what we were describing, is that the if one person has picked a faction. Odds are, I think at our level at least, there's a reason they picked that faction. And if you don't go along with it, you're going to have to work quite hard to either go for a non-dominance, in which it comes down to the tokens that are out, or the cylinders, mm-hmm. or you're going to have to out-soldier uh, out, out and road them to make it so that they just lose outright because they can't support it. Mm-hmm. But when you end up on the same side, it's it's a little trickier, and I don't think it's as interesting, frankly, because it doesn't feel as cutthroat or mm-hmm. or dramatic. But it's I think we've been in the position where it's just like okay, Kayla managed to grab like an extra bit of favor more than me, so she gets five points, I get three. And it's like oh okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not as fun versus the the more dramatic. Oh, I grabbed another couple soldiers and killed that road which bumped me up to the full dominance and that you don't have anything because you picked a different side but mm-hmm. um we've taught this game a couple times kind of recently do you think this is one of the most miserable miserable games to teach people that's a tough question jack um i think it's actually it is i think challenging uh to teach because I think there's a lot of upfront rules and it can kind of be a little distressing um but once you're uh, once you're in it it's really I think easy to do Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you come in with a certain amount of knowledge or at least you're paying attention things click after a bit like Josh Faria took to it remarkably quickly I was super pleased with that but my brother was just none of this clicked remotely for him yeah. and i also think that was a combination of other stuff but uh, um it, it's a shame because i we talked about this on show last week i think with regard to pax premier and that i think it might be a top 10 game in terms of just how good it is but it's a tough game for someone to recommend in terms of like let's say somebody's walking around j and j's and they're just going down the the, the halls there and they see pax premier it, it it takes a certain personality to pick up this game and play it. And especially if like, let's imagine the playing it two players. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's really where the game shines. And then if you, but I think if you managed to grab this game and you had a couple of people, like let's say three or four that were, you know, up for learning it together. I think you yeah. could be in for a treat, like everyone on the same page too. And seeing this strategy develop organically as well. Mm-hmm. I guess you could argue that kind of works for a lot of stuff too. It's <laughs> just like everyone kind of learning simultaneously. But yeah, uh, like what what are your overall thoughts on on Pax Premier then? After the amount of times we've been playing it recently, I think Pax Premier is a really good game. I think like I think the learning curve is pretty high, and like I said, I still don't know if I am doing it right. But now that we have been playing it so much, it's so easy to like put on the table and pick up and play. And it's pretty quick. Like, it's actually something you can squeeze in before dinner. 
I think we can get through most games in under an hour easily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so would you recommend PAX Premier? Like, that's my, that's my big question. So oh, let's definitely. say, like, who would, but who are you recommending it to? That's so, it, it's not so easy to just say it's a good game because we have a lot of good games that I wouldn't recommend to the average person, though. Right. Um, who would I recommend it to? I think if you like the general concept of risk but are interested in something good. Oh, interesting. Um, this one might be like kind of up that alley. Huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because there's conflict, but there's it's not all conflict, and it's kind of like imagine mm-hmm. if risk you could you weren't playing as the great nations you're playing as the people beneath the great nations and kind of getting them to attack each other and hoping that the right one is <laughs> attacking the right person for whatever games that assist you i suppose hmm. that's interesting mm-hmm. i never even consider that angle cool uh so that was pax premiere similarly uh we got to play something uh I, speaking of josh Faria and also the uh that same day, we got to play a game of uh, 18 mechs. And how many times do you think you've played 18 mechs, scale? Like, yeah, 10 times? Yeah, I mean, quite a few times. Yeah, between the digital and, and real-life implementations, we've played it a couple times. Um, we also introduced it to Stefan. Uh, so why, why don't you tell me your thoughts on introducing the uh, 18 mechs to two completely new... Uh, players to the 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 world of of 18xx and also like your first intro um yeah the first intro to the 18x world is i think very overwhelming there's a lot of concepts there that i don't think that you find in other games you don't find meshed together and i also don't think a lot of people kind of play those types of games um, you know, Josh and Stefan are both, you know, like playing games. That's great. Um, but I don't think that it's kind of the same type of game they're used to. So I think it's really overwhelming at first. But once you get one, like 18 Max is actually, I think, very accessible. And then once you get that one, I think it's really easy to get any of the other ones. Yeah, they definitely build on each other. It's you, you typically as long as you understand fundamentally one. There's a lot of chrome that can change between games, but generally speaking, mm-hmm. it's the exact same mechanics. Yeah, absolutely. What were your thoughts on that specific game, though? Um, well, I won, so that definitely helped. <laughs> um, but did you did you do anything specifically in that game? Where like, did you find yourself playing? Like, I know you weren't throwing the game, but did you find yourself playing as cutthroat because we're playing with some newbies. Definitely not. I definitely, when we're playing a game for the first time with someone, I don't kind of, like, I definitely, I don't want to say, I don't pull my punches, but I'm not going to do something sneaky. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to try to, like, do something that's kind of advanced. Yeah, and to be fair, though, it's like, th- there aren't s- too many super advanced things you're doing in these games that we didn't ex- at least explain. like. Mm-hmm. the worst that's that like i'm trying to think what would be considered advanced and it would be like having two or three companies and shuffling trains between them and like siphoning them completely mm-hmm. of cash like paying too much or too little for trains and then yeah like because you have priority and just dumping them all simultaneously 
simultaneously on some poor soul. It's advanced as much as it's just higher strategy. It's not like anyone would would trick you. But I think we we explained that to I, I at least remember explained to Stefan, and um, I, I think it was fun seeing the eyes light up when they realized that you can trade trains between companies and the implications of that. Like you set the price. Yeah. But, um, do you think it's more or less complicated than Pax Premier? I think it's more complicated. Really? Interesting. Like, I think in Pax Premier, like, there's a lot of different things that can happen because mm -hmm. there's so many cards and there's so kind of many different things. But I think the balance in 18 mechs is quite different. Like, I think it's harder to kind of, like, find a strategy that works and stick with it. Okay. Yeah. The... It's funny because Pax Premier is super, super random if, at the end of the day, in the sense of uh, you don't know when the dominance checks are coming, you don't know what events are going to end up in the deck, you don't know when they're coming, and you don't know what mix of cards are going to be in there either. So you end up in this position where you're kind of rolling with the punches and it kind of adds to the theme or it lends itself to the theme of you know, bend, not break, but you, you are like water, like the Aikido sort of method of uh, martial arts um, versus something that like 18 max, 1830, uh, some of the other ones like 1849 adds randomness, so we can't speak to it. But um, 18 max is ostensibly completely non-random. The everything you see is the same. Mm -hmm. And theoretically, you could play the exact same game as you played previously if players made the same choices. Um, I've never seen that before. I think it'd be astounding to see that. <laughs> and maybe if you've played like thousands of games, you could say, wow, that, was, that game played almost identically to that game I played 20 years ago or something along those lines. But it, they are really, it, it's interesting you say that because I would say that 18 Max, for example, or 1830 is easier to explain to me than. Um, <laughs> than pack smear because i don't i feel like it's not as front-loaded it's more of like here's some simple mechanics go just just go like there's no symbols you got to worry about it's money you buy things here's the price you lay a tile run your train get money do you pay out do you withhold easy 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 versus pack smear you've got all these symbols each card is kind of different um you're explaining how they they interact with each other you've got loyalty You've got overthrows, overthrows. <laughs> it's like it, it's one of those things where you explain the rules, and then you're like, "Oh, and by the way, <laughs> if you ever lose your last uh, tribe in this region, or you lose your purple card, you've been overthrown." And it's just like, <laughs> it just seems like a joke. But uh... okay, well, think about this way. So we taught Josh both games on the same day. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like he responded to the two different ones? That's an interesting question. I think by the, because we played, I'd say two thirds or uh, three quarters of Pax Premier. Mm -hmm. it's, it looked like he was having a lot of fun with Pax Premier at the end because I felt like he was kind of ganging up on you or picking on you a little bit. Uh, but that may have just been the way the, the cookie was crumbling. Um, but I think he picked up both of them super quickly. I, I don't recall him being confused by any. I think the strategy eluded him in both games because they were the, the first time for both. So he's playing very cautiously, except for Paxmere. I felt like he got aggressive very quickly, which was shocking. But um, well, what do you think? I think that he, I think he was struggled more with Max. Like I think interesting. He asked more questions throughout that, paused more, thought longer. 
Um, and that's not a reflection on Josh's ability to learn a game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that it's more complex. I think there's definitely, um, I think there's just a lot to think about and a lot to kind of like manage, especially as you get into later game, money gets really tight with your companies. Um, people are really tight on certificates. So they're not as buying as freely. They might start selling. You have to think about how that impacts you. Yeah. I just there's a lot more going on. That's like, it's just, I think, I think Pax Mirror is a lot more accessible. Interesting. I don't, I don't disagree with that. And I'll, I'll, and there's one fundamental reason why I think you can play a four player game Pax Mirror in under two hours. If you're all new and people may not get it, but two hours, easy, done. I, uh, we did 18 mechs with two new players and I think it took us four and a half hours, five hours. Yeah. It was definitely game. Uh, it was long, and but we've played eighteen max in two hours with Mark and Tia. Yeah, and they know what they're they know what they're doing. So, um, so I think that time limit alone makes Pax Premier more accessible. And mm-hmm. uh, I think between the two of us, now that you know how to play the game and that you help me work on how I'm teaching the game, I think we could introduce new people, and it would be like I. With certain games that are good enough, you want to become the evangelist for them, kind of like spreading the good word and uh, trying to get as many people playing it as possible. So I feel like I'm at the stage where I, I, I'd be tempted to try and introduce new people, but I, I just get scared because it's just, I, I don't want to say a smidge, but I think it's a firm step in the complicated category and it just makes things a little more you know, difficult to get on the table if... You don't have people that are like, you know, the tolerance is there and the 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 will to learn something that may look daunting, but it's not as bad as you think it is. All right. Well, why don't we take a musical break and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. So stay tuned.
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just heard were through three tracks, excuse me, from Del Mac O from uh, last week. We listened to this album. Well, not this album specifically, the same artist. This album is called Simulacra. And the three tracks you heard were Simulation, Persis 9, and Inertials. I wonder if that's supposed to mean, say, Perseus. I don't know. Either way, some dark space synth some thudding synth noises uh before we made it back uh before we made to the music excuse me we were talking about Paxmere and 18 max with kayla uh as far as what i've been playing recently the board game stuff has been fairly light um like kayla and i mentioned we had tried to introduce Paxmere to my family and that started nearly a riot because uh, my father and mother started freaking out. We were up at the cottage, and uh, they were just going, "No, no, 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 no! We don't want. Uh, I, I, it's too late. Oh, I'm too tired." So, my brother was trying to drag them downstairs to play with us, and I was just saying, "No, no, no! I don't want to teach them. They don't want to play it. We'll just do you." And we do with him. And I'd say about half hour into teaching it to him, he started to just fade and not really learn anything. He's just doing things randomly, so we called it halfway through, and halfway is kind of pushing it, because I think we weren't even there yet. But either way, that was a miserable experience, and that's maybe why some of these stories or these ideas of teaching Paxmere just hang with me negatively, imagining, oh, what a pain. Like, what a drag it is to teach this game. Because there's definitely been a couple times we've tried to teach it to people, or I've tried to teach it to people, and it's just gone over like a wet fart. So not my favorite experience to do that. but. I think, so I know that, you know, you're kind of poking at your family for, oh, it's too late, blah, blah, blah. I think it's really hard to learn a game at nine o'clock. I I was not begrudging them at all. Not like one I, bit. I think that's like, I remember when we tried, to, you tried to teach a couple people Pax Premier and it was really late. It was here at our house. Yeah, what, uh, hold on. I will stop that one. It was not that late. It was like seven o'clock or something, but it was the wrong time. 100% the wrong time. Everyone wanted to talk and have fun. And I was trying to shove a game. Bad choice. Got to read the room, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of gets into the overall. It, it's like I was joking about uh, this with uh, I think with Joel about Dad that um, he he's always the guy that says, "Oh yeah, I'll play a game, I'll play a game." But you got to <laughs> give him this this huge warning. It's like you got to prep him the entire day so he can have a nap and he can sit there and mentally prepare himself for whatever stuff I'm gonna throw at him. And he usually takes to it decently quickly. Because he he understands systems, especially simple systems that allows him to negotiate certain spaces that are familiar to him. Um, But as soon as you start getting abstract or trying to get into things that make no sense to him, as far as the uh, uh, 60-something man that he is that grew up chucking dice and moving things on a board, I think you're asking a lot. Um, Kayla, your your mother is quite game for learning stuff. She's really good about things. But your father is a bit more hesitant, which is... I, like I'd say both my parents are hesitant, so they're they already you already have fifty percent on me on that stuff. But uh, what do you think about trying to uh, teach games to your parents or get them to play games? I think it really depends on the game. Like we are very happy to play games that we like. We like card games, we like Crocono, we like Sorry. Uh, <laughs> very happy to pl- play games that we know and that we grew up with. Um, but I also think like depending on the type of game, it can be very daunting. So, like, even when we try to teach them Las Vegas, which they now really like and love playing. Oh, your father was terrified. 
he was and it's I think it's probably the same thing like it's just I don't think they feel confident to learn games and I think that maybe is just mm-hmm. like a because they didn't grow up with this type of game so it's hard for them mm. to learn it. and I don't think we should like hold that against them too much like oh yes, no I, I don't hold against anyone it's Yeah, so I think it just really depends on the game. Like, I would never introduce Pax Premier to my family. It just would never happen. It's not worth it. I think I it would be too frustrating an experience. I think, like, the most that they can do is, like, Las Vegas, Ticket to Ride. Mm. That's just kind of, like, the level that they're willing to invest in. Like, Pax Premier takes, I think, too long for them to be willing to sit and play it. Yeah, it, it, to me, it's not even the time length with that as much as I just see it as a gamer's game that it, this is not for your average person that like without picking on uh, my parents too much, it's, it's beyond them. It, it's just, you're asking too much. It, it makes zero sense. And I, there's no, I think the long-term prospects are worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't think they'd get anything out of it versus someone like, you know, in our circle of friends, I could maybe teach this. So like, I, I'm just thinking like maybe Daryl might enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he might even, this might even be a bit too much for him. But it, it's odd. I, it's a hard time figuring out what's, what would work with the, that group and whatnot. But some like, let's say Joel, it's perfectly fine. Stefan, uh, Josh, uh, Chris, like this game's fine for those guys because it, it's, not, it, it's not too alien to them. Like they're, they're capable of like comprehending and replaying these systems. But it's like if somebody's just gonna play the game once and it's gonna be a miserable grind for two and a half hours, then it's like, what are you doing? Don't don't do that. You can figure out something better to do. And it's all about kind of I guess comes back to like picking and choosing, like know your audience, right? You don't wanna just uh throw something that's overly complicated at somebody for no reason other than satisfying your own perverted whims, which is uh you know, we've all been there. <laughs> More or less. But uh What's the what's the game that your uh, father really likes? Talk. Yeah, it's like Sorry, but it's mm-hmm. like a marble board instead. And it's with cards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your brother is an interesting one because um, he's definitely played some games with us before, and I think he has a tolerance for it. But it's like you bought him Pandemic as a Christmas present or a birthday present. Which one was it? Christmas. Hmm. Um, I th- I think he definitely has an aptitude for that sort of stuff, but uh, I think kind of similar to my brother, it's that uh, it- it's just not something that's super engaged with or something he loves. So it's kind of you're asking a lot to maybe get him to uh, sit down with you, unless he's you can kind of grab him in a mood where he- or he brings it up first, which kind of causes eyes to light up. But uh, do you agree? Yeah, but again, I think you have to target the game to the people. Yeah, like our brothers are not going to play Pax Premier. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but something like Las Vegas, which again, I know it's like very simple, but it's easy to play. It's something that like is enjoyable. Yeah. It's not monopoly. Yeah. Uh, I think it just, it's about targeting games. Absolutely. Well, Las Vegas is a great example because it's surprisingly, there, there's more going on there than meets the eye. And it's just so accessible because it hits that dopamine receptor of chucking dice that I think so that there's a reason why dice still maintain to this day, whether it's in D and D or other tabletop games. And 
stuff like uh, and other board games that otherwise wouldn't necessarily need them. But there's something so satisfying about like shaking the dice in your hands, chuck them on the table, hearing that satisfying roll, and then moving these these tangible objects around. And especially Las Vegas because it has that mixture of this abstract sort of area control uh, fighting that. You know, if we really want to get abstract and make broad comparisons, you could say there's something uh, vaguely similar about it in Pax Pamir in the sense of you're staking claim on areas and you're trying to grab the resources or the, the benefit of being the top dog in that area. And there is a, uh, it, it's not zero sum because you can share it with someone weaker if there's less money there and you can split the pot or splitting is even being generous. But there's this there's a lot of game in Las Vegas that maybe isn't as present and it's it's super luck based too so it's tremendous it seems like Vegas just generates a lot of fun every time it definitely does well then in a broader sense then Kel, let's let's do something else here so if you were to if your parents said bring a game over to our house that we haven't played before what would you bring I, I can't hear you if you're speaking. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Um, hey, I need to ponder. You tell me. Well, I would say for because I'm just looking behind me, so I'll just, I'll just do what my parents say because I know they they can handle or they like economic stuff. So, um, we did Steam once and it went over okay. I wasn't thrilled with it, but they took to it nicely. Um, I would say container. I think I don't know if we've done it before, uh, but there is a hurdle. There's this. There there are some weird logical steps that are difficult to wrap your head around, like involving the uh, you can't buy your own things, and I understand how the the stuff gets from the factory to my warehouse, but I can't move things around in a weird way. It's there are some issues with container. I'm not saying there aren't, but I think once you get a feel for it after a round or two. I think Container is just one of these very simple but strategically deep games that um, it kind of hits those those receptors. So I would try to do Container personally. We've taught my family Container. Yeah, your mom. We played uh, with your mom. <laughs> That's right. So when you first asked, my mind went to Five Tribes. I think there's some oh. complexities there. I think it's probably just because we just played it. Um, I think there's some complexities there that... Yeah. But I think overall, it probably like it's like pick up meeples, match with meeples. Yeah. Uh, so that I don't know if we've ever introduced them to Splendor, but that one would be up there. Mm -hmm. And then also like um, like the the rolling rights that are that we keep upstairs. So ah. Welcome to. I think those are probably something that they'd be very easy to jump on. Well, the thing is, something as light as let's say Second Chance is. Like I like the game, but I think it for me the the appeal of it is the fact that it's light. It only takes about ten minutes or so, um, and it's kind of like an appetizer. It's like oh, somebody delivered me a jalapeno popper, and I'm just waiting for the 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 entree, which will be hopefully something a little meatier. But can you have you ever seen Second Chance fail, Kayla, or people not have a good time? No, never. It, it's it's a lock. It's a hit. Just like how I think Vegas is up there too in terms of just like 
it people always have a good time with it because it's so simple but there's there's enough choices to it um i i think it's just a a solid game um in a, in a bigger group of ignoring party game stuff i think something like um uh like I, I really enjoy Panic on Wall Street when we get it out, even though it's another step in complexity as well. But um, I, I also enjoy the... Um, oh, First Contact, I think, has been a, a lot of fun whenever we've played it as well. That there's, yeah. Even though it can be a little slow, but I, I feel like party games are almost cheating at this point because they, they're, <laughs> they're, they're light by design and meant to be hyper-interactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Splendor's a good choice, too. I forgot about that one for that. I know my family's played it, and I think they don't mind it. Because, again, it's super simple to understand. The only thing that I feel like when you're teaching Splendor to somebody new is the <laughs> the concept of your card being a permanent gem. And it's like, okay, so I trade this card in. No, 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 no. You always keep the card. <laughs> it's yours. Don't don't try to give it up. Um, yeah, it, it's it's tricky. And I think it is a broader statement about catering your games and finding stuff that's appropriate for your family i i just don't know if like i think and and we have done it before temporarily we did st- do 1867 with my parents briefly at the cottage and i think they kind of got it i think dad understood what it was by the end i think mom was still struggling i think they could get one of those types of games cuz i really don't find them that complicated with the right time and enough sort of coaching and enough assistance but um at the end of the day it's all about picking something that you know people it's about having fun at the end of the day and you don't want to throw something down that's going to be dumping somebody in the deep end and they're just drowning the whole time and staring at you wondering why and taking advantage of their politeness and their time but yeah i think the problem with like the 18s game we chose to introduce to your parents is that there are some complexities in there that it was confusing. Like we had all those private companies that you start with. I really think introducing people to 18 mechs is the best way to introduce them to 18 X. Yeah, that's a good point. That or like my only issue with 1830, even though it's even simpler than 18 max is that just, it's too long. The bank is too gigantic. It's 12,000 bucks and it's designed to be mean. And for someone to go bankrupt if played correctly. And we've never had anyone go bankrupt. Cause I don't think none of us play crazy and fast enough with the game. Yeah. But um, I think in the future I'm going to start playing like a madman in those games, just trying to see if I can end up bankrupt or just explode with no, you know, see you on the moon, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, well, why don't we end there then? Uh, thank you for listening to Android's Dungeon, CFRU 93.3 FM. Thank you, Kayla, for filling in this week and helping uh, generate content with your scintillating personality and, and conversation. Check us out. Favorite podcasting websites, AD Radio CFRU on Twitter, uh, droiddungeonradio at gmail.com. And uh, if you want, just, uh, you know, put up a bat signal or some smoke signals or, you know, shoot a flare into the air that explodes in the shape of uh, a hexagon with tracks on it. And I'll look up into the sky and I'll find where you are and I'll, I'll short your company to death. That's what will happen. Uh, But until then, I'm Jack. I'm Kayla. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.